As we head into the 2023 Christmas and New Year's season, I wanted to leave you with this very important gift. Let's go! Welcome to the Russell Westcott Podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. I sure hope you're enjoying this 2023 Christmas replay series. In this next episode, please help me welcome Mr. Arlen Dolan. All right, welcome back, everybody. Russell Westcott here. Arlen Dolan, good to see you. You betcha. Good to see you. Thank you for the invitation here. We're, uh, I don't even know how to describe this place. This is just, well, first of all, uh, we have a visitor here. Hopefully we can get that, <laughs> keep them the shot. Do you have a name for, do you name for? No, I don't actually. <laughs> we actually have our own audience here, don't we? Yeah. What would you, how would you best describe this? Is we're, we're, this isn't your home. This, no. This is, this is your lifestyle, your play property, almost. How would you describe this place where we are today? Well, I guess you'd say it's like my man cave. It's yeah. a very big man cave, but, uh, and what it is, is something for friends and family to come out to and, uh, and for my kids and stuff, it's, there's quad trails, there's this, there's that, we've got all the skidoos and quads and machines and stuff, and we can stay overnight here. It's just, it is a recreation place. Well, how many, how, what's the size? You have a, how many acres did you say yet? It's 160 acres. 160 acres. And I got about 10, 15 kilometers of trails out here. Right. And yeah. we're in a Quonset. Now, for, for those of you, if you're from the prairies, you know what a Quonset is. This is no Quonset. <laughs> this is a, it is a, a truly a man cave with toys and a poker area and ping pong. And where we're at right now is actually a living quarters. You can actually yeah. stay out here if you've, you know, had too many adult beverages one one yeah. Saturday night and don't want to drive home. So this is the this is the plan for you're gonna have the house on here eventually, right? Yeah, the plan is when the kids are gone, yeah. we'll probably build a house in here, and uh, this is where my wife and I'll stay. We're outdoorsy people. Yeah. So this is where you just come to get away, and it's it's almost like you know people have some people have cabins at the lake. This is how far from your house? Half an hour? It's not even that. It's probably twenty minutes from my house. That's yeah. what's nice because we can actually use it a lot. Yeah. So. So we're, we're in a very inspired place to have this conversation today. So, so this is the second part of the conversation we had. It's, it's shocking how fast time goes by. We had that last conversation about seven months ago. Yeah. And we made a commitment to have the second one. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are. It's uh, seven months later. We're having the second one. So I, I'm just honored for you to take the time. I know how busy you are and how much is on the go, especially summer when you got lots of property. There's yeah. always something to, there's always something to cut. Yeah. Isn't there? Uh, we're going to have a really cool conversation about raising capital, which the commitment we had from our last conversation, we told a lot more of the backstory and a lot of inspiration about real estate and how you got started and just the trials and tribulations. We've had some fantastic feedback, just as an FYI, it's very inspirational for people to watch. But today we're going to take a little bit more dive into your capital raising and some of the things you've learned, what you did wrong, what you've done right. And what would you do today? And you are doing, you are raising capital today. You just shared a story with me that you're meeting a guy today. Yeah. So, so we're going to, we're going to have a, a really cool conversation. But before we do that, I actually wanted, I, I'm interested, and I'm sure a lot of people that are following this would be interested. We know the story about how you guys started in real estate. Right. What's the story behind that? Who is Arlen Dolan? Where did you grow up? What kind of a, you know, what did you, what were your interests as a kid? Did you have any, you know, challenging times or what, what's the, what's the real backstory of Arlen before real estate? BR, if you will. Yeah. Well, I guess for me, I grew up uh, in Camrose, Alberta, which is about 45 minutes south of uh, Edmonton. Such as a smaller town about population of 15,000. I grew up there. I grew up, uh, 
being a regular kid going to school, uh, I was really heavy into hockey, played hockey. And then uh, I, once I graduated high school, I spent a couple of years working and figured out, mm -hmm. you know, without going back to school, that wasn't a lot of fun, these type of jobs. So it was the highest level of hockey that you had in the plant. Uh, midget. Yeah. Midget rep hockey. Yeah. 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 Well, you were a goaltender, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, something like, there's something about goaltenders that they're just one, they're just a little off center sometimes. That's what they say, right? I should have never been a goaltender. My personality <laughs> was not set for a goaltender. <laughs> I wasn't easy going. I'm more type A and hard on myself, yeah. yeah. So then um, after working a couple of years, I, I, I figured out oh, that kind of work is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. So I went back to, went, moved to Edmonton and uh, went back to school, got a marketing education. And uh, from there, I worked, worked built some corporate jobs in marketing and sales. Um, and then I, I went into sales, sales management, branch management. And then in that process is while I did that, I started my real estate. Yeah. So for X amount of years, I did both. And then it got to the point where I could leave my job and do real estate full time. Yeah. And you, you, uh, would you agree that your sales training has probably been one of the more beneficial things that you've had as a skill set that you've learned in order to help you with within real estate? I think I had two key skill sets, I guess you'd say. And one would be definitely a sales. I mean, yeah. and sales is not what most people think yes. sales is. They, yeah. th they think sales is, a, is you're good at conning somebody into something. That's not what sales is. Sales is helping people, whether it's purchasing or making decisions, making the, the best decision for them. That's what yeah. sales is, it yeah. informing them. The second thing for me, I think is just honestly is, my family and upbringing in that, like, I just grew up learning to be honest, learning to care for people. Yeah. And between those two, yeah. those were, so I was blessed with those two things prior to real estate, which, which really made a big difference. Yeah. So how you show up, who you are as a person. Yes. And truly, if you could summarize it, what you just said is providing a real solution to a real problem based upon what that person is looking for. And all you're doing is you're offering a recommendation based upon what they told you, they're, uh, told you what they're looking for. Absolutely. No it's sales not, involved at all. No, it's not. And, and I mean, I've had people, honestly, that they were looking to invest with me that I didn't think that was their best choice to do mm -hmm. for various reasons. And I will say that. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're here to do the best for people that you can. That's in the long run, that's where you'll knew your best and right. feel your best. Nice. Well, that's, I think that's a fantastic. So any, any big revelations of, uh, uh, epiphany moments when growing up, or was it a pretty, pretty typical prairie town uh, bringing up and upbringing, that kind of fun stuff? Yeah, you could say my upbringing is your typical redneck Alberta, just, uh, you know, your hockey and then of course you're young, you're, you're going to the bush parties and all that kind of stuff, just like everybody else growing up, you know? So, yeah. Man, just imagine if your folks had this place when you were, uh, when you were in high school. The parties you can have. Oh my. I'm already thinking of that. I mean, <laughs> my oldest is 14 and I'm going, there's going to have to be cameras here. Cause when I, when I could turn 16 or 18, it could get way out of hand. So what's your, what's your oldest son's name? Chase. Chase. Chase is going to be the, the best friend to all the buddies. Absolutely. Cause he's that he has the, you know, I know where we grew up, we had a, we had the party places out in small towns of Saskatchewan and yeah. it truly was a bush. Yeah. He went there and, and the party started with the guy with the oldest pickup truck going and knocking over a tree. And then you started the fire from that tree that was knocked uh, over. <laughs> absolutely. I was the same, uh, same thing. So, so that's, you know, sorry for our, our, rec, our redneck prairie upbringing yeah, coming exactly. through here. I, I'm on, I'm on a tour back out to see my folks in Saskatchewan. So I'm actually reminiscing through all this kind of yeah. stuff too. But, but I, I tell you what, 
how you grew up, it does impact what, how you become as an app. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and those experiences of getting out and going, you know, going frogging and getting outside and snowmobiling and, and, you know, uh, a resiliency about, you know, it's not cold out. It's just, you just put on more clothing, absolutely. And you, just, you know, and just do it. Yeah, right? absolutely. You know, we didn't have, and I'm sorry for sounding really old, but we didn't have gadgets and no Xboxes and no, we had Coleco, we had Coleco head to head hockey. Yeah, right? I yeah. I remember that. I a quarterback. Yeah. So I guess we're showing our ages here. Yeah. <laughs> so Talking about uh, raising capital, so we could reminisce about redneck-isms all day if we want. So, But uh, getting back to raising capital, one of the first conversations I always have with a lot of my experts is the talk about fear. Um, fear, and one of the biggest fears I keep talking when I talk about people, is the fear of having a conversation with somebody about money. Sometimes there's just some taboo about uh, money conversations with other people that you don't want to bring up, which... You know this, that, or the other, or be you know boast or show off or what? I don't know what it is. The fear is. But did you ever have a fear of talking to somebody else about uh, money, and then also about the fear about having them invest with you? Uh, no, I actually, it's surprisingly enough, I never had the fear. And I think the reason why is because I, right to the core, believed in real estate. Mm -hmm. When I started raising money and, and doing real estate, by my, my my money was where my mouth was. Like I cashed out my RSPs. Yeah. You know, I, the only investments I had was real estate and it's because that's what I believed in. So I was all in on that. That yeah. was completely congruent, not for optics standpoint, because that's just where I was. Mm -hmm. um, the conversation about money, I didn't find hard because I really felt that this is what people should do as mm -hmm. opposed to what they were currently doing. So it wasn't, it wasn't like sales. It's like when I'm talking to people, I'm hoping they do it um, more for them mm -hmm. than I'm hoping for me in a sense. Okay. Yes, there's a win in it for me, no question, but I was hoping more for them. And if, if, if they chose not to, I didn't have a sense of, oh, I didn't close a sale or something. I guess I, I felt bad that they're not doing this because I know 10 years from now, if they would have, my feeling was yeah. they'd have been a lot better off. Right. So, so it was almost like, you're, you're on a passion and a mission to help others and you get to help yourself, but you help them first. Absolutely. And so that really alleviated your fear was, yeah. quite frankly, the more people you talk to, the more people you can help. Right. And the greater you uh, gave yourself a sense of fulfillment. Right. I mean, I did have, in one aspect, I did have a sense of fear and that is um, having the ability, wanted to make sure that you know, I under promise and over deliver. Mm -hmm. And again, speaking honestly with people, yeah. you don't know in three years, five years, 10 years, what exactly their return will be. Right. You don't know that anybody that says they know that is not telling the truth. So and it's quite dangerous to actually guarantee anything. They <laughs> don't want it's to. dangerous. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, I had that inside of me a little bit. Like, I mean, I can maverick or, or go crazy, like with my own money and take gambles. Cause if I'm, if I made an error, you know, it's just slap on my you were own. young when you started. Right. <laughs> but, but, but with other people's money, it did create stress for me. The stress wasn't, shouldn't you do real estate? Should you buy stuff? That wasn't the stress. The stress was self-imposed, always has been, always will be with me. Mm. So you demanded more from yourself than anybody would ever expect of you. Right. Do you think about it? Right. And I, in my head, keep, you know, to keep on the positive side and the whole nine yards, I was when 
things will go wrong at some point. And I go and I just, whatever it takes, I got to fix it. I just, I'll, 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 I'll fix it okay. and it'll all be good in the end. And that is, you know, how things go really. Nice. Okay. The next conversation that a lot of people always have, and, and I've been talking with people across, whether whether they're just getting started, whether they're in a point where they maybe have accomplished, maybe they got a you know a portfolio of five, six, seven places, and they're looking to take it up to the twenty places, or maybe they got twenty and they're looking to take it to hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, the question always comes out is uh, where, like, where do you find your investors? Where do you position yourself to target? I often say you should actually talk about who your investors are first before you actually figure out where. Where did you find the majority? So two questions. Have you ever defined your ideal investor? Have you ever defined them? And the second question is, uh, where are those people? Where do you find those people? Um, yeah, I defined it. I did a rough, I had a rough definition, I guess. First and foremost was family right off the start. Mm. And the reason why I say that is because... Um, one, it's path for least, least resistance and they know my personality. Yeah. But second is because I believe in real estate. If you're going to help, if you're to the core belief is you're helping people, mm-hmm. I mean, you want to help the people closest to you. Yeah. So again, like everybody, a lot of people have heard I've invested started with my parents. It, it, it wasn't the get money for our parents. So Arlington F. So our real estate, it was to help my parents was the underlying thing. Um, that so was a governing why for you. Exactly. Them, yeah. So, um, like I'll use an example, one of my other criteria I thought of because I was thinking of scaling and duplicating. So I knew like I had a goal early on to be able to get to a hundred properties. And I thought about like, okay, well, that means if I have partners, like I can't do partners that are only going to buy one house with me because at the end of the day, I'm going to have a hundred partners and that's going to be not manageable. So I wanted to have, I just had rough numbers in my head at the time, but I, if they weren't going to buy like six or more or, mm-hmm. or spend X amount of money, then I, then I won't work with them. I might refer them. Yeah. Now, again, as I mentioned in the beginning, when it comes to family, I broke those rules for my sister, my brother, yeah. because that was intentional because it's for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that there's not a benefit for me anyways, yeah. but so I looked at scale because I, you know, I, I didn't want a hundred partners so that wouldn't be manageable. Yeah. And how did I, how did I find them? Yeah. I had dinner table on, on Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I terrorized them to get them to do that because in my head, there's like no option. They're doing this because right. I wanted them to be successful. So, yeah. yeah. You wanted more for them. Sometimes you wanted more for them to be successful than they wanted for themselves. Yeah, in probably. Some, in some cases. Yeah. So, so guys, I think one of the, you know, so, and some people, and I'm going to ask, we're going to go down this, this trail of working with, fa- with friend, uh, family. Because right. uh, some people go, geez, I won't approach family. But I think you framed it unbelievably well. Um, so, so if you're struggling, maybe the, the, where to start first is start with the family, like start with the immediate family, especially if you if mom and dad, and I'm sorry if you're a mom and dad of things like their children are watching this now, if mom and dad have owned the house for 20 years, it's probably free and clear. Yeah. That's so there's probably a whole bunch of equity there. Um, and just having the conversation, the biggest problem sometimes is having mom and dad or uncle Alan or all these people see you not as snotty Noah's young kid and see, but see you as a business person. Right. Yes. And so how did you work with the family friend? You just told me you're doing this and that's just a relationship you had or. No, you know, honestly, I, I, I talked to them for a while about what I was doing yeah. and I talked to them a while about why. And over time I would send them information that I was receiving from different seminars and different yeah. things that I went to. Yeah. And I would just supply the information and, and uh, as to the why, yeah. why I think it's the right thing. Why this, why that? 
Um, I mean, again, with my parents, my parents were your normal middle class. They didn't have a pile of cash in the bank. Mm-hmm. Their their first investment money with me was basically cashing out RSPs. Okay. Which like they always credit me to the success I brought them. But I mean, how how many people at the time my my parents were in their mid fifties, you cash out their RSPs. If if Ireland doesn't perform, they're who they're who. Well, that's the point of no return. <laughs> right. So obviously they had trust in me. Yeah. And although they love me because I'm their son, they're not going to give me everything if they think I'm going to lose it. I mean, that would be foolish, right? right? Right. Then at, then the next step with them was, and I never asked for that, is they, just like you mentioned, they're free and clear house. They they re, they put a line of credit on their house and they bought more. Mm-hmm. Now, this was a few years later as they seen what was going on with what we yeah. already had. So they went all in. So now it's worked out really well for them. Um, they always try to give me the credit. Yeah. And I always turn it because I'm going, I don't know too many people that would have had the guts to cash out RSPs at 55. Yeah. If it's gone, your hoop. And then refi or, or they put a line on, um, on your, on your home. Yeah. That's click so, free so clear. So tripling down and quadrupling Right. So down. they're, <laughs> I, they're all in on me. And, and that's where I come back to, I said, when you were talking about stress, I go, then, then I do have stress yeah. on me yeah. because they're not putting any on me. Wow. It's all self-induced. Wow. And we're in your Quonset, which you have some, I've heard some legendary poker games here. <laughs> yeah. So they went all in and then all in on the all in. Yeah. Oh. So I, I give them the credit because they did what most people wouldn't have the guts to do. Well, so that's what a brilliant way of framing that. Yeah. Everybody thinks that it's all the real estate experts. No. The one, the one that make it, taking all the action and taking all the risks and the swashbuckler. But uh, here in your case, that was, uh, it was, it was their, it was their vision in you, really. They believed in me. Yeah. You know, whether they should have or not, we don't know, but, the, <laughs> but you know, that, 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 that's the thing with family, right? If they know you since you're born, they know your character. Yeah. So, you know, if your family believes in you, they know you're a hard worker and this yeah. and that, then it, it, it won't be that hard of a path. Yeah. I, I envision um, potentially if people watching this, there could be a whole bunch of presentations from, from kids and talking with the parents potentially down the road. And, you know, and, and quite frankly, um, I think they probably should. If you actually can help mom and dad, with certain things, um, you should probably do what you can to do that. It, it, it's a feel good thing. It's not even about money. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it was fun to write six figure checks mm-hmm. to the parents. I mean, I think it was more fun for me than it even for, for them in a sense. It just feels so good. Right. right. Wow. Well, I'm glad it's worked out for them. It's yep. been some ups and downs. It was some challenges, hey. some, some waves and cycles. Absolutely. The way. Absolutely. Right. But there's never been a com- a waiver in the commitment to making it work. No. It just time, sometimes the timeline changes. Right. Or maybe it was seven years or 11 years and now it's turned into 18 years and 19 years, maybe. Well, it's true. I mean, I remember I look back when I first invested with them, like for the first five years, you know, basically the market was flat. The vacancy was a little on the high side. Yeah. It, it looked like for the first five years, we were doing this for no reason. Yeah, mortgage pay down. Yeah, yeah. mortgage pay down, that's about it. So you're you're almost... I always had a belief in it. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but you're kind of second guessing because I go, we're no, we're no better off five years in now than we were when we started. Yeah. You know, it depends on your market timing. And I, that debt is still sitting there. Right. Right. You know, it depends on your timing with your different partners. I mean, I've had partners where they came in, you know, in the Edmonton area here at 05. So one year in, you look like a hero. Yeah. A gravy train with biscuit wheels. Exactly. <laughs> right. you know, that's lucky too, yeah. right? That's some luck. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, so what was your first foray outside of family and friends and, and how was that? So you, you actually use family 
And then was the next wave into friends type of thing? No, or, or not really. How, how, what, no. How did you how did you make the transition from family to outside investment? You know, I I always thought about things. And that's probably my sales background yeah. is um, is I did I I don't like have that feeling of being sold or let's have a meeting. Yeah. I got this opportunity. Yeah. For most people, as soon as they hear that, they, they, they just cringe. Yeah. Like, you know, they're they thinking think Am- Amway, yeah. you know, or you're going to put me in some MLM thing or, or, or this or that. So I just did it different. And I, all I did is I was going to different seminars. It could be, you know, a rain, it could be in a bunch of different ones. And I would um, learn stuff yeah. and I would share stuff. Yeah. So I'd go out there, like I, you know, I could be talking to someone or, you know, I'd, I'd always use the reference that I do real estate. Yeah. How was your weekend? I guess, you know, well, last weekend was a little busy. I went and looked at a couple houses and uh, I can put an offer on one. And then if they ask a question, off we go. If they don't have a question, if they don't ask a question, I'm, I stop. Right. You know, I don't keep going that, down that trail. But I remember when I early started, I didn't know much about real estate. My number one thing was helping, giving people advice of what to do on their home renewal. Cause I'd learned the stuff about, uh-huh. so that was my number. I mean, I didn't know much then. That was one thing I didn't know. So I would say, you know, it looks like, you know, you should do a variable, you know, five-year variable. You should be able to get a point off. I know that yeah. go to a broker, do this, do that. Or I would say, you know, maybe you want to lock in. So I would just give that advice. And they'd say, then of course, when I give the advice I say, well, how do you know that? Then I explain it. The next thing you know, you're off onto an investment conversation or maybe you're not. Mm-hmm. But I just went out there to consult and then some stuff would just come my way. That's how it would work. So I never met people, did meetings to invest with me. I never did that. Wow. So we're going to get into this in this next uh, segment. We're going to get into your presentation to you. I think more than anybody I know, uh, when you did some stage presentation, you, you changed the way people made presentations to investors. It fundamentally changed. Right. And I remember seeing it, and I just looked at it, and after I saw it, go, I can do that. Yeah. Anybody can do that. Yeah. And I think you just gave and instilled the confidence into an entire generation of people that they can go and have a conversation, not a presentation, right. a conversation right. about it. So that's what we're going to get into this next segment. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit about some objections and answering those kind of things. And okay. Let's, let's see how let's, 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 let's talk with the master here and okay. see how he handles them all. Right. So we'll be right back guys. All right, so we're back here with uh, Arlen Dolan, Arlen Dolan, and um, we're at his beautiful, it's Bar 7 Ranch. Yeah. The Bar 7, did you, what's the, is there any symbolism to that name, or is it just a cool name? Not really. How that came about is I bought the place, it was only two years old, yeah. and uh, has a big metal gate, electric gate at the front, and it's worth about 20 grand. Yeah. And it said Bar 7 Ranch, and I'm going, ain't changing it, man. <laughs> Sometimes the names come from some inspiration, right? Yeah. And I don't want to spend 20 grand to get a new beat. Exactly. 20 grand to get rid of it, another 20 for another one. So that's how the name came about. <laughs> Bar 7 it is. No, if I could have my own name, I always thought what it would be. It would be Lazy D Ranch. D for my last name, Dolan. Yeah. But uh, it's, I don't, for 20 grand, I don't need to change it. Yeah, Bar 7's cool. Yeah, Bar 7's Bar good. Bar 7 is really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're so we're having a just a wonderful conversation here. Just once again, thank you for opening up uh, and coming out here. And and uh, I, I'm a firm believer in our environment shapes a, a lot of things. Right. Like, yeah. I bet you've had some unbelievable um, 
conversations with people here or some unbelievable thought and some clarity is around some thought and direction and, and things like that in a, in a beautiful environment like this. Yeah, I do a lot of, I, I do a fair amount of meetings here because it just, it's just relaxing for everybody. It's yeah. not, a, that's not that corporate thing. It's not the, the formal thing. You just kick back and relax. Yeah. Now this next part we're going to talk about. Now I'm going to tell you one thing. Um, remember your Reba, the yeah. real estate business accelerator? Yeah. I still use it. So do I actually. <laughs> to this day, and what is that? 17 years, almost coming on 18 years. It's probably 16 years. It would, would have been early 2003, maybe, or four or something you did that. Did yeah, you? it was like, yeah, right around there. So for so for many of you um, that are watching this, uh, Arlen created uh, this thing called the Real Estate Business Accelerator. And it was, uh, essentially, it was a series of spreadsheets with tabs and you know, things like that. And you just kept track of all the pertinent details in your portfolio analysis and all that kind of stuff was in there. Uh, you know, I actually, it's been modified a few times. I actually, I think Rain Real Estate Investment Network took my, the spreadsheet I had kind of did and they built their portfolio analyzer in the back end on that kind of a framework. Right. So, so if any of you are Rain members, if you're watching it and if you are using the portfolio analyzer, Arlen is the originator of that. I guess we should, uh, did you ever trademark it or was there ever? No. no? So, so he's the guy to thank for, for a lot of that in there. But when you had that, that portfolio, that, that black uh, briefcase thing, do you still have that one? You know what? Yeah. If you walked out the door of my yeah. shop, open the door to my vehicle, yeah. it'll be sitting right on top of the passenger seat right now. Is that the original? Pretty much. It's slight edits, but okay. it's the original. Yeah. We've got to take a picture of that. That is, that is, <laughs> that is like legendary. On, and how many millions of dollars do you think you have closed by with that thing? And we'll walk through how you do your yeah. presentation. And it's old school, right? It's we're, old school, yeah. Kicking it old school there. How many millions of dollars have you feel you have kind of raised by with that? Oh gosh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> get a number, I guess. I yeah. don't know. Well, in general, how much how much capital have you raised, ballpark? You know, I don't, I, I don't really know that number because in my head, I always looked at value of real estate, not how much money it took to do it. Right. Okay. So, um, gosh, I don't know. It'd be multiple seven figures, but I don't have yeah. no idea what the number is. Well, and I, the only reason I ask is, is cause I'm actually adding up through this interview series. I'm kind of adding it all up. It's now it's north of a hundred million right. capital that everybody that I've interviewing has raised. I'm going to interview a guy that's probably going to double that in one swoop. Totally. But I, I'm calling it so far. I've, I started, well, let's call it the hundred billion dollar club. Right now it's going to be, okay, well, let's call it the half a billion club. And my, let's see how, let's see how high we can get it. So, all right. So your pre, I guess I have to say your, it's not a presentation. No, it's a conversation right. and it's providing a solution. So you've met somebody. So let's back up. How do you meet somebody and where do you meet them? And then how do you qualify them? Cause you qualify them before you'll ever sit down and have a coffee with them. Will you not? Yeah. I'll, you know, it's in passing conversations. Like again, when I'm helping people and yeah. stuff, I learn a little bit Yeah, I learn, and you get a good feel of where, I mean, I get a good feel of roughly where they're at. Yeah. Sometimes they surprise me usually to the plus, to the good side, as opposed yeah. to the minus side. And then, uh, when we sit down, if it starts to make, if I can get a feeling that real estate would be something that would make sense for her, then I, I don't have a fear of asking pretty straightforward questions. Yeah. How much access to ca how much cash do you have? Yeah. Um, how much cash can you access and what timeline? Yeah. How much are you willing to invest in real estate today? Uh, like I don't have, question, right? like I don't have a 
issue asking those questions. They're, they're, they're good questions. And uh, I'm looking for, um, uh, feedback, what they say back and I'm looking for body language. Yeah. I'm not asking somebody to do something that they don't want to do. I'm right. not asking something to do something that's not a fit for them, but I, but it's like, let's, let's just get the answer. Yeah. So, you know, both, both, and I imagine they appreciate that as well. Cause you're, you're, let's see how we can help you. If we can't help you, let's, let's, I'm going to maybe give you three or four things you can do. And if you're interested, we'll talk down the road. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes I, people are a little surprised at the forwardness because, yeah. you know, everybody gets this touchy feely thing saying it's, it's like not quite right to ask somebody about what kind of money they got. Mm-hmm. But you need to ask us. Yeah. So just ask it then, yeah. right? Just ask how can, it. How can I help you if I don't know what we have to work right. with? I've never had it happen, but they, they, someone could just look and go, oh, I'm not telling you. I've, I've never ha- actually never had it happen. It's funny. The most things people fear will probably never, ever come to, and quite frankly, if someone ever did say that, well, how, how am I to help you if I don't know what we have to work with? Exactly. Or, or I often say is, okay, well, why don't we start with a million? Is that fine? Well, I don't have that. Okay. Well, how much you got? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so you've, you've qualified them. Uh, you've met them. Maybe you've met them at a networking event. You, you also said something too, is when somebody tells you how much money they have available, let's just say for rough numbers, a hundred grand. That's right. usually the number that right. today's day and age, that's what comes out. Right. Um, you have a saying is you, they have more than that hundred grand. You know, they always have way more. Yeah. I never knew that when I first started. I remember, I remember one partner there, you know, they were going to do five or something or it was with me. Mm-hmm. And then we did the five. And then within three years later, they had 25 with me. Okay. But I think in their mind, when they told me the number to begin with, that was the number. That's what they were willing to put up before, until they trusted. No, I think what it was is that's actually what they had. Okay. The difference was, is, is. You know, once they did the five with me, I didn't stop communicating. Okay, got their money, bought the houses, goodbye. You know, yeah. I didn't do that. I always kept following up. When I got good real estate information and what the market is, I always passed it along. And then I always, you know, verbally or sometimes different ways, I would say where things are at. And I think they just got excited and they started accessing, like say like my parents and capital, other, other ways where that wasn't in their mind. So maybe I didn't ask what they did. My assumption is they, they might've cashed out RSPs. They might've done a refi or a line of credit on their house. They found money. Yeah. My belief is when they told me for the most part, what they had available, probably 75% of the time was the, was the real number. Then over the years, they, they got how things were going. They got motivated to find more money, to give me more money. Wow. That makes sense, right? Yeah, absolutely. If someone asked me today, how much money do you got? I go open your wallet or check your bank account. That's what you got. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right? But, but, but if there was something that was just phenomenal, you, most people have the ability to find more resources within what they got, right? You always find the resources of things that you want to do. Like just ask any car dealership. Exactly. And you don't need a new car, but you somehow find the thing, money that you want. Now, if people only took the same attitude with investments right. and making money, it would be a different, we'd have a different society. Like I, like the first hundred properties I bought, not one partner was someone you'd call wealthy. Mm. Not one. Mm. Years later, I started working with people that, that do have seven figure net worth, but all these people, you would have never thought they could do what they could do. And I don't think they thought they could do what they could do, but they ended up with follow up and providing information Mm. on market information. I mean, on an ongoing basis, um, it, it, 
they found it. And you're not an economist or any of that kind of stuff. You just, you know, do you just take resources that you were provided to you, summarize resources Correct. and articles, and, and you just distilled it back to them. Correct. They might not be informed of that. And that's exactly and it. And that was before the day of Twitters and the Facebooks and all that. Right. You, you were almost like Twitter. Yeah. You were providing, here's the article. Oh, you're way harder. It was, <laughs> I, I, I think, I honestly think that there's, with all this technology that's going on, there's actually a need to get back old school and meet with people in the, in the connection. You know what? You're, you're yeah. so right. And that's something that I've always done. Um, I don't, I won't send out a card without a personalized handwritten yeah. thing on. I'll be honest with you. I get Christmas cards from lots of people and organizations. If it's a photocopied or a photocopy yeah. names on it, it goes straight in the trash. I mean, yeah. it's nothing to me. It's everything is about personal. Yeah. Same with if you do it, a gift for somebody, make it, here's a gift certificate for a restaurant. I go, there's no thought in that. Yeah. Do things with thought. Yeah, don't don't send a text or you know it's it's expedient. It's easy. Pick up the phone. Yeah, and talk to somebody or get better yet, get out if you can if you can. By all means, go meet them. Right. I think I think there's coming a time here, and I'm sorry for the commentary of search society. There's actually going to be a time that people that will do that work will actually get rewarded by doing the personal connection. You know, and that's I mean I still do it to this day. I'll see articles, and I could. I could email forward it to them. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I take, I print the thing. Yeah. And then I take a pink highlighter pen yeah. and I highlight the key things. And then I write a personal note, usually a circle with a happy face. Yeah. And I put it in an envelope and I handwrite the envelope and I mail it. Yeah. I mean, now if you went with efficiency, yeah. forward. Yeah. I just did that in three seconds. Yeah. Or I could do what just took me 15 minutes. Yeah. But what? That took me way longer, but what gets the result yeah. is what matters. Yes. Everybody's inbox just gets inundated. Yeah. Every, and, and some people are just going to go, well, that's just not efficient. And they're going, well, you, you can resist. And some of the things that you resist and you're not willing to do will be the things that hold you back. But here's what I say is, why not try it? Right? There's nothing. So that's one of the reasons why I'm doing a lot of these interviews, kneecap to kneecap. And we could easily do this in front of a computer on Zoom. Yeah. There's technology that can yeah. have that. But but I think the level of, of depth of conversation that we can get into is so much better than alive. I do have, you, I'm always turning the tables and you look at other people's lives and they don't have to be executives or wealthy people. Everybody's busy these days. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets a gazillion emails yeah. and a gazillion texts these days. So if you want to stand out, you want to be sincere. I just believe in, I know when I get something handwritten or someone or a letter that's handwritten or a card that's handwritten, that means something. Everything else you're looking through, I got 62 messages in my inbox and some of them might be good, mm-hmm. but I don't have time today. So I just, you just go delete yeah. or you might leave it sit there and go, I'll, Arlen sent me that. I'll, I'll, I'll look at that when I have a chance. And then it, then it gets eight days down the email list and it's 30 days. And then after a month, the guys, I got to clean my inbox and, just, boom, and it's all gone. Mm. Right? Makes sense. I hear you. So to complete a conversation that we started earlier. So um, when you went outside of family, you essentially parlayed the work and the deals that you've done with family. And you use that as an example to then go out into a, a broader audience. Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 and that, you know, the funny thing with... Uh, when I had family start too, it, that was a real benefit that I never thought of at the time <laughs> because you know, at, some people say, well, do you, do you really think I should do this? Mm-hmm. And I go, well, one, you have to decide. My number one line to them was always, um, if you're going to lose sleep at night over this, don't do it. Yeah. It's not worth it. But when I would say to them, I go, my family, my parents, my brothers, my sisters have all done it with me. Yeah. So 
there's not much more I can say to you about how I believe in it. If I have their money yeah. invested with me and it's my close family, I love them actually. Yeah. So, you know, and if, if I think it's good enough for them, obviously I think it's good enough for you. You have to decide yeah. whether, whether it is or not. And, th- and the same thing was when, when we we're negotiating, it was never really a negotiation, but our, our split, mm-hmm. my line was always, the deal with you is, gonna, is the same deal as I do with family. Yeah. Yeah, I put, I, I recommend this. I would put my own mother's money into it. As a matter of fact, I do. Yes. Right? Yeah. And, and then when somebody's going, and we're going to talk about this whole thing around splits. I remember you saying that very sincerely, and you do believe that is, I'm giving you the exact same offer that I give to family. Right. And that's a powerful, powerful, and I'm not going to use the word closing technique because it's not closing technique. No, it's, it's just, not. It's true. Right. And, and, and I have the way I joint venture and, and it's the same with everybody. I can't negotiate it. And the reason I, I mean, I guess I can, but I choose not to mm-hmm. because I, I want everybody to be the same deal. Yeah. Like I don't want so, someone talk here and go, oh, I got, you know, a higher percent from Arlen or someone got lower. That doesn't bode well. Yeah. It doesn't bode well for me at all. Yeah. So if, if it's good enough for family, it's good enough for someone else. And if that doesn't work for them, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, one of the reasons why I like the structure, I don't, I do a few different structures, very few, but I, I believe in a, in a whole thing of uh, keeping it simple because I'm not a very complex guy. I want to only remember one or two structures. Exactly. That's it. Because I want to not remember, okay, this person's this hoomajiggy and I've done this one with this and this person's got a, this kind of a split and I'm, oh, geez, I can't even remember all this stuff now. I just want to yeah. say everybody, it's, it's, it's a system, it's a process. And there's a, a quote, um, the old, Bruce Lee quote is, I, what did he say? I probably butcher it, but I don't fear a man who could do 10,000 kicks. I fear a man who can do one kick and practice it 10,000 times. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so just keeping it simple is, is really the way you structure it. Okay. Absolutely. So we're having our conversation over at Timmy's and you have your, uh, you have your Rebra binder and you have in maybe just before I, we dive into this. Give an explanation of what's in it. Like, what is what is all in this? Well, basically, what I legendary binder. Well, basically, you know, when I when I put that together, I didn't put it together as a sales tool. Yeah, I put it together because I had a full time job. Yeah, and I needed information sometimes on the fly. Yeah, so I tried to figure out a summarized way to have all my property information. So in there, what I would have, I would have. Uh, uh, addendums to go with offer sheets if I was to do an offer. Yep. I have a property inspection sheet when you're going through a property. Then with the ones that I do have, I have like a cash flow, like it'll, like it'll be one spreadsheet per company that yep. I have or per partner that would show, you know, the rent, the mortgage payment, the condo fees, if there are any, blah, 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 and, and what the cash flow is. Mm-hmm. Then I'd have another sheet and say, these are the direct deposits that come out of all the other accounts. Then I'd have another sheet that you know, say the, the tax roll numbers for all of them, another sheet that said the legal numbers for all of them, among other things. Yeah. So I would have that all so that if I got a call or I had to deal with something while at work or during a noon hour, I could just open up and have an answer be done with it. Yeah. Then what happened, honestly, not because I'm so sharp, it was by default is, is one person was asking me how I operate. So I opened it up and showed them and they seen the level of detail is what, put their trust in me. Cause yeah. they're going like, dang, that guy's, there's, there's hardly a question I could ask about something he owns that he can't answer right here. He's yeah, like, you're a profession. Right. I go, oh, well, it's, it's, yeah. The guy's dotting his eyes crossed and it's easy. He knows exactly what's going on. And I just was watching body language. I'm going, 
Dang, maybe I should sell some other people this thing. <laughs> well, you, it was actually a little bit out of frustration that you would sit there and go, yeah. oh, look, and remember, this is what I do. And here's how I keep a track. Because quite frankly, if you miss a mortgage, we do you know how much you have to pay for this. And boom. And then, and then the person just going, okay, uh, I yeah, did. Exactly. So it's funny, sometimes out of, uh, out of a frustration and, a, and a, uh, not a desperation, but just, you know, I just, look, buddy, this, you got to get involved with this. And yeah. here's why. Yeah. It just, it born from that. And then you just slowly just evolve that and then evolve that person. And you soften, I mean, you soften yeah. different people. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Like that. But uh, yeah. do you still do that to, to, to this day in certain respects? Yeah, things? absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, people... It, use what works. <laughs> well, yeah. And people want to see that you're on top of things. Mm-hmm. They want to see that you're organized. They want to see that, that you're a steward of their money. Yeah. And they want... So, so this sets them at ease because when I go through that, there's more in there than they would have thought of mm-hmm. is really what it comes down to. So they're going, he's got more detail and more answers than, than I would have even had questions. So we're golden. Yeah. I feel comfortable. Yeah. So in, in essence, and I know you're not a financial planner, no, cause it's definitely not, but you are, you in essence are providing, um, help for people in providing a financial, not a service, but you're providing a return on their capital in, in different investments. And right. they want to make sure that they, they trust you more than the actual, they're not buying a house, they're buying you. Well, absolutely. That's, I've always said um, a good person can make a questionable deal or a bad deal right with some time. Yeah. A, a not so good person or a very self-centered person can make a great deal bad. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it still comes down to the person. We, yeah. I mean, you talk about that with, you could talk about that with businesses. You know, this restaurant is successful. This restaurant ends up not being successful. It's, they're both restaurants. Right. So it comes down to the operator yeah. more than, so in this world, whether it's you, me or anything, it comes down more the operator of the real estate than the actual real estate. Wow. Right? Yeah, I've never thought of it that way before. Right. So brilliant. So, so really the people are, are, are trusting into you. and that's where, and you've said this quite often, is sometimes when people invest some money, they invest as a starting point until they trust you. And then lo and behold, they then will refer and they will also have additional resources and mm-hmm. then more comes there. But they only trust you because you actually know what you're doing. Right. And what do you say to somebody who maybe is getting started and they don't have, you know, they don't have the, the, all the properties and the track and people will go, well, that's easy for you to say, Arlen, you've got all these properties and you have all that, but maybe somebody just started, maybe they've only bought one place. How, how would, uh, how would I present that to somebody? Again, I mean, I started my, I had my first rental property mm-hmm. with a JV before I even owned my own home. Right. So I didn't have a track record neither. <laughs> I had no track record. Again, I, I mean, Disclosures, I, the first was with family. So I had that yeah. track record of my credibility, of my integrity. Yeah. Um, and, but uh, outside of that, I mean, they're buying you. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta not, you can't be selling real estate. You gotta be selling you. They're selling the trust in you. I mean, I used to say, I had a few lines that I always used, which are, is, again, it's not a sales pitch, it's the truth. And I would talk about like, you know, when we're in this partnership, if we don't make money, I don't get paid. Mm-hmm. Right, like your RRSP guy, or your mutual fund guy, or something. If, if, if your stuff goes down five percent in the year, he says we did great because everything went down ten, and, you, and I got it. So you only went down five, and he pays. He gets paid still. Right. If my stuff goes down five, 
and say, if we sold right now, I'm writing checks. Yes. So I, and I always tell people I'm, I'm a really nice guy, but I don't work for free. Yes. And I say, I'm more motivated to make money for you than you are because you're making money in your job and your work and your business anyways. And I go, I got to make money here. So <laughs> I'm more motivated than you. This, this is the way you make your money. Exactly. Right? So I'm actually more motivated than you because if I don't make you money, I don't get paid. And I'm doing all this work day in, day out for nothing. Yeah. I'm nice. I'm not that nice. Yeah. Well, yeah, just imagine you, know, you frame it as well. Let's say somebody has a job and they're going to job. And let's say if the business lost money, do you right. actually take your wage in half? Right. Right. Because you don't do that. No. Right? But you do. Yeah. If, if there ain't no cash flow to be distributed. Right. And for their share, you get nothing and that's exactly. your income. Exactly. So I have more motivation. And I mean, that's simple. That's yeah. simple logic. People, you say that, they get it. Yeah. Right. So, so as you can tell, Ireland has no passion around this. So, yeah. so yeah, <laughs> it's that extra strong coffee, but, but, and here, and, and I'm a firm believer in, in where passion comes from and passion comes from is just, it, you have a belief in something yes. and, and you are so strong in your belief and your conviction to do that. And even if something does go sideways, you're going to, you're still firm because a lot of it comes back to home, right? right. You have three kids and I hope the camera over there can get a, the beautiful shot of the, of the family over there as well. And, you know, if something goes wrong and things like that, it's, you know, this is the livelihood. This is groceries on the table for the kids. Right. Right. So, so fantastic. So we're just getting rolling here. I'm just going to do another quick reset of the camera and Arlen. As you can tell, Arlen's just getting warmed up. Uh, we have a couple more segments. A couple more segments I want to dive into is um, really want to flesh out this conversation about your presentation or, sure. or um, things that you say. So I, I call them the magic words. Right. Even though that's, and you know what the magic words are? The truth. Well, that's, that's exactly where that's exactly right. It. Uh, and then after that, we're going to get into things, things like, what would you, what are you doing today to raise capital? Because mm -hmm. things have changed an awful lot. Mm -hmm. And then also we'll talk about some next, what's next for you. And then right. maybe a little bit of inspiration. Those are the kind of the topics. So, so we're going to just do a real quick reset on the cameras and we'll be right back. Uh, all right. So I'm back here with a uh, good friend, Arlen Dolan. And uh, once again, thank you for your time. And I know this is uh, for you to just share this. You know, one of the things I'm doing with this project is I actually want to get a digital archive of a lot of this kind of stuff. Because your very first presentation that was so inspiring to me, I actually don't have a copy of it anywhere. I don't know if you have a cassette. I don't either. either. And it was just so, it was, I, I'm shocked that I didn't keep it because that cassette tape that came to me in the mail of you talking about joint ventures. And, right. and it was only about 20 minute presentation. And that's fundamentally shifted uh, a thought process and fundamentally shifted a direction I was going. Wow. And which then led into creating of a program and investing in more real estate, writing a book, um, doing this interview, other things. So it's actually spawned an entire, another level or 10 deeper into inspiring people across the country. So thank you. Oh, thank you very much totally. for that. You just never know what you do. When no. you put something out, you just never know how no. it impacts people, do you? No, you don't. Uh, all right. So speaking of that, so some of the things that was just brilliant is everybody's afraid of these things called objections. Right. Uh, and I often think objection is one of the greatest things you can ever have from an investor because it means they're interested. If they said nothing and apathy is the worst, but if they actually have a, a question or, or they're asking a question about something, I think it's a good thing because they're engaged. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If they're asking questions, that means they're actually interested. Yes. If they're not asking questions, they just want you to get another topic about the hockey game yesterday. Yeah. That's different. When they're asking you stuff, that means they're considering it. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So 
couple of the ones that, and, and you can fill in the gaps if I'm missing a few of them, but I remember one of the ones, one big topic everybody has is, you know, what do we do with the cash flow or, or what is the cash flow on this investment? How do you handle that? One? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm different than most on that one. And part of it is because I'm so want to be on that under promise over deliver side of things. So I tell people there is no cash flow. Zero. Zero. And, and I tell them, I go, well, here's the reality is, you know, I can buy a house, townhouse, apartment building or whatever, and I can run a spreadsheet and it'll show cash flow. Yeah. But I said, I want you to make decision based on no cash flow. And I get a lot of people, I go, that's, that's not a very good sales pitch there, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm going, I go, you think of it like an RSP. Do you have RSPs? I mean, yeah. is your RSP pay cash flow? No. No. <laughs> so this is an investment for you. Yeah. You have a business, you have this, you have that. That's what's paying you. So I want you to look at that, mm-hmm. that way. And I go, plus when there's cash flow, if you want to, if we want to be astute, we want to build up a war chest because things mm-hmm. do happen and yep. things do go wrong. Not it, do, it, they will. They, yeah, <laughs> they will. And I, and I say that it's like in any, if you own a business, you have clients that maybe go bankrupt and you're stuck with a bill or there, there's, there's always every, every business has that. So yep. plan for it. So I go, if, you need monthly cash flow. This is not the investment for you. Right. That's how it works with me. It's just, it's straight up. It's not. Yeah. yeah. You know? And, and that's one of your filter criteria. If somebody right. needs to live off of the cash flow from the investment, this is not for you. Right. I mean, for those of you that already invest in real estate, if, if that's what the, if maybe like one in a hundred that, that I, yeah. when you drill down, that's where they were at. Yeah. But if you, if they, if you drill down and that's where they're at, you could always, you just swing the conversation, go, well, I might have an opportunity for you yeah. to invest whatever, 10, 20, 30 grand, and I'll pay you 10% interest, simple ah, interest. And you just debt investor or equity investor. Exactly. Yeah. Say, I, you know, I have a solution for that. If that's what, what's yeah. more important to you, I think this way is actually better. You're going to do better. Yeah. But, but if this is what works better for you, then you still have a solution. Yeah. And, and a corollary to that. Sorry, I've, I've been reading and I've got some bigger words now that I'm using. <laughs> a corollary to that question is, um, can you pay my line of credit? In, say, let's say they use a line of credit. Um, how, who's going to pay my line of credit? I, I, I'm, I'm really crystal clear on that. And yeah. It's not me. Yeah. How they get their money or how they access it is their thing. Yeah. And then like for me, my job is buy the property, manage the property, whether it's myself or a management yeah. company, because if it's a management company, you got to manage them. Um, sell the property, maintain, make decisions on rent, all that stuff. And in doing all that, I also clearly have expenses with, you know, cell phone travel, this, that, and all that stuff. I don't bill that back to them. So I take care of my side. However, I want to pay for it. Take care of it is what I do. Their job is to bring in the cash, whether it's just because they got it sitting in a mattress or they got it, or they have to borrow it or whatever I do. That's, that's their business, but no, I'm, I don't pay for their lines. Right. And do you ever, and you probably just as clear as that is just, you know, point blank, yeah. black and white, and, simple. And you just as, you, well, will you pay for my line of credit? What's no. your answer? No. No. That's it. And, right. and typically you don't have to, and, and well, many times they probably just say, okay. They, or, or they go, well, why not? <laughs> yeah. I've never had actually, why not? I, but I've had, oh, but it never was a stumbling block. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I always relate and I had it a, uh, that question a few times and I say, you know, it, it just gets convoluted because if I pay that, then, then now we got to work with you and you got to pay the depreciation, the gas on my vehicle and the cell phone and the, all the costs that I mm-hmm. just, 
you do your part, I do my part. It's just really simple this way. Well, let's pragmatically think about it. And you probably will never, guys, we're just giving you some, we're arming you with a thought process. Um, sometimes you will never, ever even get the, the objection. But no. you pragmatically think about, let's say it puts 100 grand in and it's at 5%. I'm just right. round number. What is that, five grand a year? 480 bucks a month right. or whatever the number is. Let's say it's 450. Um, pragmatically think about it. If 450 bucks a month it is a make or break for that person, this probably isn't an investment for them. And they're going to be calling you on everything if that's, if that's the issue, right? Well, I mean, I've, I've solved that for some people, whether they choose to do it or not. A lot of them did. Or I would say, for example, if you are going to do it on a line, so say you're doing 100 you have access to two hundred thousand dollars that way. Maybe you want to invest one fifty. Yeah. Keep the other one fifty aside. That'll make the payments on that for the next seven years. Right. So you still didn't come with it out of pocket per yeah. se. Yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, that would work. Yeah. Or and 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 you know what? It's a it's a tax write off for them. Right. Interest because it's used for making money. They're not sharing that write off with the property. Right. Right. Exactly. And, and uh, you know, I, I think it's one of the things that just be prepared for it in case you have it. You may never ever encounter it, but right. I think I, I love Arlen's just nope. I, I don't yeah. pay for it. And I, I'll give them suggestions. I'm not I'm not asking them to do anything. Yeah. I just say here's a here's a way around that. Here's a workaround. Here's a possible yeah. way. I, I'm not asking them to do any of those things. It's just an idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another one that always comes up, what's the return on investment on this property? Okay. You answer that. How's your, the goal and magic words you use? How long is a piece of string? Yeah. That's my answer. And then now I've ends. I have to clarify <laughs> yeah. that. I go, I go, here's the thing with real estate. One, you have your debt pay down. So yeah. over time you're, you're gaining equity. Yeah. That's, that's obvious. Yeah. The next thing you're, a lot of times what you're looking for is equity appreciation. Well, that's not linear. You know, that'll go, I could go click, 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 don't click, 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 wing, yeah. click, 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 don't. So if you're looking for an <laughs> annualized return, it's like, Lord only knows I have no idea what to tell you, dude. Yeah. Um, over the long term, I still will never say a number because yeah. if I say any number that I say, honestly, I, I actually view it as lying because yeah. if, if, uh, if you knew that number, yeah. I'd be so dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking rich right now, I would have been. I don't know. You know, nobody knows that. Yeah. Nobody knows that. But what I can say is here's roughly, and I usually do a pretty wide range, yeah. what I, and I, and I make it less than what I think I go, you know, roughly I could see the return over a 10 year span being roughly in this range. Yeah. And, then, and you know, I prefer not even really do that. I, I, I uh, sometimes if you've done a few before, you can use some previous examples. And I don't want to use my best. Yeah. The last thing I want to do is because you're creating a bar. Yeah. Right. So, mm -hmm. so, uh, so usually what I'll turn to them, I, I, and I do this every time I go, so what rate of return would be satisfactory for you? Oh, and so you get them to almost like, I'm not, a benchmark. I'm not asking them what rate of return do they want. Yeah. I, I want 500%. Me too. Why, why not ask for it? No, here, I got a million right. bucks. Let's put it into that. So I've had, I've had people say to me, oh, I want 40%. And I go, oh. in my mind, I go, I know I've, I've done that for people. I don't know. Like, again, I don't know the future. <laughs> I probably could do it again. It might be less. I don't know. But what I do always turn to them and go, so I want 40%. Where are you getting that now? Yeah, because I might have some money to invest with you. No, no. <laughs> the reason why I'm asking, because they, they go, I want 40%. I go, what, do you, what are the return are you getting now? Because yeah. typically it's about two. Yeah. And their answer typically is, well, I'm not, but that's what I want. Right. So I go, so... 
what are you getting now? Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll just stay on that one. What are you getting now? Where, like, yeah, you getting, got a dark speed? I'm getting four. Four. Yeah. So basically, if I could get you five or more. You'd be happy. We'd, I'm, I'm, this makes more sense for you. Mm. And then they'll go, well, yeah. Oh, I'd like 20. I, I said, yeah. And I like 40 or and I like 80 and I like 100. And maybe we get lucky and we get something like that. Yeah. But today, if, we, if you're getting four and I get you five or more, we're, we're, on a, we're doing good. Yeah, right? We're doing better. Right. Right. And I said, I'll tell you right now, um, if it was only five, I probably wouldn't be wanting to do this with you. I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I want to do better than that when this is what I do. Yeah. But I'm not, I can't promise you stuff because yeah. if anybody promises you stuff, I, my view is they're lying. Yeah. Like, it, it, well, maybe unintentionally lying or, or, or ignorant. So they just don't know. Right. Just, just, just yeah. say it like it is. Just, yeah. th- th- that's what it is, right? Yeah. Yeah, another one you usually get uh, to is uh, what happens if the tenant trashes the property? What do we do? What what goes on? Oh, I go oh, again. If you're a partner, I'm yeah. saying I go. First of all, um, I take I have to take care of that. Yeah. I, so what I need to do is I need to clean it up, fix it up the most economical way and fastest way possible, and then get it re-rented. Mm-hmm. Now I'll tell you if you're my partner, I probably if the day and that will happen at some point. Yes, it will. Um, I won't call you and tell you that. Mm. And I go, they go, this sounds like I'm trying to hide something, right? Mm. I go, I'm not. I go, couldn't be more the opposite. It's because I'm the active guy. If I say that to you, all I do is create stress in your life. Right. That's just what my job's for. I might tell you after, mm-hmm. say, guess what? You know, a couple of months ago, this one, dang, Kenneth, I was going 24 seven, getting this sorted out, got it. Fix it up, cut, didn't cost much, kept the security deposit, re-rented it actually for more than we had before, Not enough, it's going. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but only after the fact. Again, I, I, I look at how I want to be treated. It's like I'm a property manager. Yeah. I kind of want them to tell me everything and I kind of don't, yeah. right? I, I kind of rather them just go, if I'm calling them, how's it going? It's going awesome, <laughs> thank you. Hang up, we're done. I don't want to hear the rest of it because I don't want to have the stress. Yeah. If they were by my side and everything, that, that's different. Now I tell them everything. And I go, I just do that to make your life better. That's what yeah. my job is. That's part of what I'm getting paid for. Now, a little bit of a side question. We're going to come back to some of these questions that uh, money partners, investors ask you. Um, are you have, you, have you flipped over to the other side of the coin where you're now the investment partner and more of the pa- you know, passive and active? You're not the active. Have you flipped over to the other side where you're, you're putting the money in? No. Not yet. No. Or probably maybe never will, because you have a skill set on that. And a lot of people say is, you know, I'd much, and you, I think I learned this from you even, is, you know, quite frankly, I'd much rather be you and all you have to do is stroke a check and look at a statement once a, once a year and get this or that, I, then they actually have to do all the work. I definitely, at some point, will turn that way. Yeah. And when I turn that way, yeah. I'm not going to be, the more experience somebody has, the better, but I'm, my number one thing I'm looking for is character. Yeah. More than, I'll take character over experience. Anytime. Yeah. And you got to, um, not to put you on the spot, but I think this can just flip off your, uh, off the tongue because you do it all the time, is you like working with business owners because they get it of the, the whole thing about the whole 50-50. Now that's the next line right. of questioning is, well, what are, why are you getting 50% of the deal? Well, um, why am I getting 50% of the deal is because I, I just look at it and we got two halves. We got the guy that puts in the money. Like, so basically they don't have the zero work, but they yeah. put in the money. And believe me, there's, there's value in for them putting the money. Yeah. And then they're, they're, they're working with me on the, um, on the side of, 
expertise, uh, just plain work, <laughs> right? Day in, day out, dealing with all the issues day in, day out from the time we buy to the time we sell. Now, my famous line with most people is we're t- when we're talking 50-50, I go, here's the thing. Because I've been doing this for a while, yeah. I will buy better than you. Yeah. I will manage better than you. I will probably get more rent than you, have a better vacancy than you. And I will probably, when I sell, sell for more profit than you would. Yeah, cheaper. Then I go, but at the end of the day, I'm taking half. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's probably a wash whether you did it by yourself or did it with me. The only thing you're choosing is do you want to do the work or not? Hmm. That's, that's the honest answer. And people are surprised I would say that. Yeah. And, and then the, the next logical thing is, well, do you have the time to do all this? Because this, oh, this is a full-time job and it's a full-time career. Do you have this on top of everything well, else you're doing? Again, if you're talking to business owners and, yeah. and, and I have that conversation with them and I go, when you started your business, did, did you uh, make lots of money the first year and work um, eight hours or less a day and with no problems? They start laughing because yeah. their employees are probably making more than them. Yeah. And, and they were struggling just to make with their lines of credit with their business, keep everything together. They were losing their mind. Things are going wrong and the banks are jamming them and all that stuff's going on. And they made a bunch of mistakes with enough years. Now they may work a little bit less. They make a lot more, but yeah. they put in their dues. And I always say to them, if you wanted to do that in real estate, you've already proven you can do that. Mm-hmm. You could do what I did and be successful. I have no doubt you can do this. Right. The question is, do you want to do the five or 10 years of pain to get to that point? Because they've already done that. And do you want to do it all over again? Right. Okay. And if you do, I said, I, I said, I just about guarantee you will do well. Yeah. I, and, and a matter of fact, here's my, here's a contact for a realtor. Here's a contact. I'll help, I'll help you get I, my contacts. I, I, no. And I do do that. I say, and if you want, if you, if you think this is a good thing for you and you should do it on your own, if, if if there's a little problem or a hiccup or here, any questions or anything I can help you with, by all means, give me a call and I will help them. Yes. I will answer their yeah. questions. I will. But most times those people don't actually have to want to go back. They just go, oh my God. They remembered the time and effort and stress. And now they actually want to enjoy all the work they've done. They don't actually have to start over. Well, the one line I always kind of end up with on that is I say, the question is, do you want to work more? Or do you want to work less? There's benefits to both. Yeah. You, I can't answer that for you. You can answer because I go, you can do well with me and you, and you have the skills and ability to, I already know and the work ethic to do well on your own. Yeah. The only question is, do you want to do more work right now where you're at in your life or do you want to do less? I don't know the answer. Only you know the answer. Oh, and typically most people want to say less. Right. Right. And then, you, and then the natural conversation is, well, that's why we, how we work together is I take care of, I've done all that for you. Right. All you have to do is get your money working. Yes. Oh, brilliant. Oh, oh, I hope you guys are taking some notes here. I know, or you're going to be repeating this one and rewinding it back and forth. Um, before we move on to this, what else, what other things that you typically hear from, from money partners when you're kind of in the, you know, getting them over the edge to get, to write that check? What do you, what other things that you hear or do we cover the good majority of them? Well, I, I get um, some odd questions. Like I'll get someone that are just to me, seems silly, right? Yeah. Like, like they'll, they'll go like, well, what if the housing prices just crash and go down? Yeah. And I go, well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. There is always, always a chance they could do a drop. Yeah. But, um, but then with time, they come back again. Yeah. And I would say with real estate is, you know, you can buy 
just before a crash and look foolish and be kind of upside down. But with time, yeah. you will, uh, you'll, you'll do great. Yeah. I, I, lots of times I use an example of my first deals I ever did. My first deals I ever did was I way overpaid, mm-hmm. way overpaid. And I, but I waste based on the market based on the, at that time. Right. So yeah. I just use rough examples. I bought something like, I mean, way overpaid. Yeah. Yeah. I, I bought something for about 70 grand that was probably worth about 45. Okay. I was assumed a mortgage. So yeah. just, you know, um, and the rent at the time was about 400 bucks. I still have that property that I paid 74. So you paid in, in percentage terms, you almost, almost, you're not quite double, but it's a significant premium. Right. So, but now that, that same property is worth 220 and the rent is uh, 1500 bucks instead of 400 bucks. Right. And I paid 70, which was more than 45. And if you did refinance, it's pretty close to probably free and clear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So with time, I mean, right. I, again, I just, my belief is always saying the truth, always being honest. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it's also, it carries a ton of weight when I'm congruent with what I'm selling. I, I find, I'll use an example, and that's how I've always thought when I'm working with partners, I, I've got calls from financial institutions going, you've got to put your money in this or this stock or this is going to just skyrocket and all this stuff. My so, financial guy doesn't approve this. <laughs> so my first question when they do that, I say, so do you have money in it? And a lot of times they don't even have any money in it. So, yeah. but, but I go, yeah, I, and some guys will go, actually I do. I go, do you have all of it in it? Well, no. Well, if it's that great, why wouldn't you have all of it in it? Mm-hmm. And they, th- 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 yeah. right? So, but when someone looks at, says to me, are you all in on real estate? I'm all in. Yes. I don't have it a little bit here doing this, a little bit here. I, everything I have is in all in real estate. So I'm practicing what I preach. And that carries a ton of weight with people, yeah. a ton of weight. That is just your firm and your conviction. And in today's day and age, that's, that's something rare, actually, if somebody who's really firm the con- conviction, most people get bumped off path like quite easily. Well, I mean, it, it's easy. T- it's a lot easier if you're talking to people or you're selling people on real estate, if you believe it a hundred percent, because you're not selling now, you're informing and you're trying to help people. If you don't believe it a hundred percent, don't talk to other investors. Don't try to raise money. Spend some time reading or networking with someone like a Russell or something and see if you get to that hundred percent commitment and belief in real estate. If you get there, now go out and see if you can raise money. If you're not there yourself, you are going to struggle. Hey, got it. Awesome. Okay, guys, we're going to do one more quick reset. I got to get a quick drink of water. And uh, we're, we're <laughs> than I, I, I hate to tell you this is maybe turning into a, a three or four part series almost. <laughs> it's just you got so much to share. And for guys, if you are still watching, I know you're still watching it because uh, drop the comments there. Where you're watching this, put a comment in there just to shout out Arlen is uh, as part of being a contributor to this, you're part of the program, right? You, you can get access to all this because I, I know you, there's things that you can learn from this Absolutely. too. Absolutely. I'm interviewing guys that are, are, you know, one guy I talked to was raised uh, $45 million in capital. And wow. we can always learn something. That's Absolutely. The, one of the main things I'm actually looking to do is scratch my own itch. And that's learn to take my own business to the next level and raise more capital. And I make a commitment to share everything I learn with everyone I find. Absolutely. Listen. So, so we do one more quick reset and then we'll be right back, guys. The 
the next line of questioning, I, I always like to ask the question about how people structure their deals a little bit, uh, because it just gives us some thought process for people. And I, I know you're, how you're going to tell me how you structure it is going to be quite simple. And people go, well, it shouldn't be that simple. What? Yes, it should be that simple, actually. But what is your typical deal structure? Like, what do you... Do you, do you use uh, unanimous shareholders agreements or corporate structures or JVs or there, there is a question in there somewhere. Right. Knows, but how do you typically like to structure your uh, arrangements with investors? Uh, all my structures are within corporations. Corp- with, so you incorporate yeah. the venture. Yes. Right. Okay. Yep. Um, in saying that, I mean, if you're going to joint venture with somebody with one or two properties, it, that's not going to make economic sense to yes. do that. Yeah. So you got to be at that five, six properties plus for that to make sense. Um, one of the reasons why I do that is because it's, it's like an asset protection partner protection reason. For example, if, uh, if, I, if I'm partnered with Larry over here and I'm partnered with you, mm-hmm. um, because Larry and I have a separate company, then you and I have a separate company. If Larry got into a divorce situation or Larry got into a lawsuit situation, that shrapnel will never come, can never come and touch it's, you. It's shielded within it's a corporate step. veil. That's why, that's why I do that. Um, so, yeah. And, and uh, okay, so it's now, do you hold your shares in that, in a corporate structure or personally and vice, how, how does that typically, how do you hold your shares? I, I have a, let's use an example. I got this company with Russell, this company with Larry, this company with Bob and this company here. I have a company here a holding that company. owns the shares of each one of these. Okay, got it. Yes. And then your investors, it's up to them however they choose to do it. Right. So in if it was you and me investing, yeah. I have my company that owns the shares in our, our company. Yeah. If you want to hold yours within your own corporate structure yeah. or you want to hold it personally or how, however you want is yeah. up to you. And to get advice from my own accountant. Correct. And, uh, and you do 50-50? Uh, yes. Now, 50-50, like again, because most of my single family stuff is yeah. always done one way. They're, they are providing the money. Yeah. That's it. They just a check. Yep. Okay. Mortgage so, is. So that means they're, they're not getting the financing. They're okay. not doing any of that stuff. I'm taking, everything's taken care of from me. Yes. So in that situation, it's, it's a 50, 50. Yeah. Now, again, there's no right and wrong to how you want to do yep. your deals. Like for example. The only thing wrong is if you can don't agree to it. Exactly. Yeah. So I say that's. A staple, but but that's also a staple because the the purchasing and the way of managing is is a staple. Yes. Now you can now you can depending on what any person is doing, that could change percentages or change the, by changing the structure. Yeah. For example, you may choose to if they're qualified the mor- for the mortgage and you're not. Yes. You may choose to change the split. Yes. Right. So now maybe there's no right and wrong. Maybe they're 60 now and you're 40. Yeah. There's no right and wrong. Yeah. Like I, I, like I said, and you know, I've done larger apartment deals yeah. where I'm not 50 because maybe I have an active partner with me with another partner that puts in the money and depending on who's qualifying or what group's qualifying and who's doing what work just, just decides the yep. ownership. Like, I mean, Everybody's heard me that's heard me talk in the past. It's 50-50, but no, I've done some stuff where I'm 25, yeah. but it's because it's a different framework and a different structure to yeah. the deal. Yes. That's all. Yeah. And, and guys, if you're, if you're interested in the modular program that you're learning, that's on the creating a win-win deals. I actually, the way I structured it is actually this four things. It's 
Who brings the money? Who brings the mortgage? Who brings the management? Who brings the mastery? Correct. Those four things need to add up to a hundred. Yes. Right. And then, and then, and then who does what, who does what, and then you figure out what, and okay, now what percentage weight goes to each of those. And now you got your split. Right. I guess the only thing I, if I was the investor, like yourself yeah. or me is you got, like you said, those four pillars, Yeah. you, you want to be clear before you're talking to people, yeah. how, how you think, what you think would be fair. What's the waiting, right? I don't go to somebody and say, if you're a partner that doesn't yeah. do real estate and go, so what do you think? How should the split be? Yeah, right. I, I don't be do, clear. I, I know how it's going to be. Yeah. But it does, again, depending on, like you said, your four pillars, yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean it's 50-50. But if it's they're qualifying and they're putting up the money you're doing the rest, you already have in your mind what you think is fair. Yeah. And you, you just let them know this is how that is. Yeah, and each, each deal is a little different. You know, for Correct. example, I'm doing one with a money partner right now where we're doing a flip, where he's actually providing the money and the mortgage and he's got enough cash that he's just, he's essentially funding the whole thing. Right. And I'm doing all the work. Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not doing the work, but I'm doing all the management, the expertise I found it. Essentially, I'm doing everything. We're doing a 50-50. Right. Um, and, and that happens all the time. And right. what we're going to do is we're going to parlay that into to more. But we're, we're clear on that right from the beginning. Right. You're providing all the money. And if you don't want to provide it all in cash, you have to bring, go get a private mortgage. Right. So that's how they get their cash is, that's, that's their thing. Yes. And so, so all those things. So you keep that in, in, in the term, it's a unanimous shareholders agreement. Correct. Um, voting shares. Do you have the voting share? Do you have classes of shares typically in between your partners or how do you structure that? Yeah. Yeah. We got that. Um, and then I have a few, like you, with most lawyers, they got their kind of staple USA. Yeah. And then you have your few extra things that I like, I don't remember everything because I don't, I'll never explain a USA to a partner. Yes. They, they need to have a lawyer explain it, right? Better for them, better for me. Yeah. But they'll have a couple extra clauses. And they're like, well, I think one of mine says is, is no one person can call for a sale unless it's gone up 25% in value. Mm -hmm. Or if we've held it for, I think what mine says is five years or longer. Yeah. The only reason why I have that, it's, and I explain it to them, it's a protection thing. Like, if, if you drew up edger with me today and we just bought something and all of a sudden Uncle Larry gave you a stock mm -hmm. tip, so now you want out four days later, yeah. um, we're going to actually lose money in that because we're going to list it, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And because I'm on the hook for losses, I'm writing a check. Yes. So we're not doing that, or right? So, so and it also locks them in and make, it makes it crystal clear for them that this is not this is a longer term investment. Yes. That's what this is. So on top of the unanimous shareholders agreement, do you also have a joint venture agreement on that as well? Or does the unanimous shareholder agreement take effect yes. to the... Yeah. So you have both two no. agreements or just the one agreement? No. With, essentially, the unanimous shareholder agreement is a joint venture around, but with some corporate structuring in there. Correct. The Correct. Okay. I mean, the lawyers will explain that. So there's so many things they... they they, you know, they have the eyes out and T's crossed, like yeah. as if if something, if I was killed, how is it handled? Like yeah. they have heard rights and refusal. They cover so many things, yeah. you know, and, and it's a, it's a good thing to have happen yeah. because I've heard of a lot of crazy things in partnerships. Yeah. For example, it could be, I'm, I'll use Russell as an example. Yeah, just talk about crazy. <laughs> so, so I'm doing a picture with Russell. Russell's married. He's got, he is, you know, he's got an awesome wife and stuff, but maybe let's, I'm going to say crazy stuff. She yeah. passes away. Russell remarries. And it, this lady's nuts, yeah. right? And so she's created all kinds of problems with now starts filtering to me yeah. and we have ways to address all that kind of stuff, wow. right? You don't know what can happen. Yeah. Now, don't mean to put you on the spot. I mean, is there, is that a, an example that could be shared with people? You know, I'm sure like 
maybe just kind of a templated thing? Is that something that we could share with some people maybe watching this? Is that something you'd be able to just, well, I know a lot of them is personal, but is it something we could clean up and share with some people or? Possibly. I mean, I, I, I have to ask the lawyer that drafted it if that's okay. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. But, but I, I, me, it, yeah, no problem. Right. But here's the thing is uh, at the end of the day, you just need to know what's on it. You need to have a team of people and uh, that can explain it. And you should, said something that I think it's a point we need to really make. And this happens a lot too, is sometimes, and I, funny, I was coaching some clients right away and they were working with an investment partner and lo and behold, it came up with, well, send me your joint venture agreement and let me take a look at it before we ask to do. What do you, how do you react and how do you respond to that when somebody, an investor wants the joint venture agreement sent to them? Oh, it's easy. And they're not, they're, I'm not invested. They're, they haven't committed. They haven't really done anything at this point. Then I'm not sending them one. You don't send one? No. No, no because... It, that's put the cart before the horse. Yeah. Like, so I'm sitting there going first, um, do you trust me? Yeah. Do you want to invest with me? Do you believe in real estate? The yeah. concept of investing in real estate. I've explained how the split will be. Mm-hmm. Is that accept? Is that acceptable or exciting or good for you? Mm-hmm. If all that is there yeah. now, we're, now we're somewhere. Yeah. Then I'll say that I'll go, yeah, what I'll get you to do. I do it the same way all the time. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not lying. I do not have a copy in my USA. And that's on purpose. Yes. They said, can you send me a copy of USA? And I say, I don't have one. Mm. They're like, what? It's at my lawyer's office. Mm. And it's the honest truth. Yes. And I do that. So I don't start ever trying to give advice on a USA. Yeah. So, so, so I say, so here's how it goes. I go, so I'll line up for you to meet with my lawyer mm. to explain the USA. Now, once he's explained, cause he's yeah. going to explain it the best. Cause he wrote it. Yes. Then if that seems fairly acceptable to you, then you will take that and you will go to your lawyer. Yes. And if you don't have one, you know, we'll buy one for you and you get independent legal advice. Yes. That's how I do it. And then if they come back and, and then you said something that just, rarely they come back because, because it's, well, I, 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 and then this is the truth. I say, I've never had somebody come back and say it's not fair and and, and need it changed. Um, It's the same I have with family, yeah, you know, and it's done fair yeah, because that's how it should be done. So I've never had a problem. In many cases, it's, it's very, um, it's not in the favor of the investment, but it's very written to, for their protection. Correct. Right. And that's really what the agreement is all about. Just, and, and now I, sometimes I preface this when people go with independent legal advice, I say something like the follows. Now understand their job is not to give you deal advice. Their Correct. job is to give you advice on the agreement to just make sure it protects your interests. That's the only thing that a good lawyer, that's the only thing they should do. Correct. Sometimes lawyers overstep, but that's typically what the, the only thing they can offer is that just advice on the protection for the client. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, never the deal. Never we're not talking about the deal. Yes. Uh, yeah. Cause, cause I've, and I've had some lawyers that or people went to their lawyer, came back said, Oh, my lawyer doesn't think this is a good investment deal. And I said, well, what investment opportunity have they given you? Right. So are they, are they going to work for, did they work for free to try and make you money uh, on this? And, and you know, what, what opportunity did your lawyer provide you to actually make you some, some, make your return on your money? Well, the funny thing is for me is I, I usually don't run into that problem with the lawyer question and deal because I don't bring a deal to somebody okay. until we've already crossed all that. Yes. And then I'll say, then, Maybe once we cross, maybe I'll have something mm-hmm. or maybe I'll still have to be working on something. Mm-hmm. So they don't, the, the lawyer doesn't get a chance to assess a deal. Not my lawyer, not yeah. their lawyer, not anybody's lawyer. Yes. 
So your your part of your process is you will show somebody a typical deal. Right. This is not an actual deal where you can invest. And this is the deal if I was, if you're ready to invest, do you want to do this is the kind of a deal I would put you into. Right. Then you actually get them to the point where they'll actually sign the USA monies will be deposited. And then you'll go out and you'll go find the deal. Then I find the deal. Not uh, until then. Good. Nice. Or or you maybe offer something you already have to them after the fact. Have you ever yes, uh, I've done joined that. ventured a property that you've owned yourself? Yeah. Quite quite a few times. But you you because your time you put a lot of time and effort. Guys, if you if you know how much time and effort it is in diligence and and research to especially if you're buying an apartment building, there's mm-hmm. there's tens of fifty thousand dollars in just diligence cost Correct. to just rate the offer. Correct. Right. You need to have some money and you need to have a you need to have commitment, you need to have skin in the game. Right. And that's what I like I said, it's it's go time for me to find the investment property once the company is already set up and the money is in there. Right. I that's the one I learned way years ago the hard way because <laughs> someone had the money and 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 there and, 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 and you know they have it right away yeah. so i had the deal and then there's hiccups i mean at the end of the day i got it but they didn't have the money actually yeah. right away and then it took forever to get it in there and the money they had was less than what they said and all that stuff so this just clarifies it makes it easy yes uh a couple more lines of questions here and um now, before we actually turn the cameras on, you're sharing, you're having a meeting with somebody here that's coming out. Are they coming here or are you meeting in town? I'm here. Um, so you're, you're currently looking at and getting more investors coming in. What, uh, in today's marketplace, so you've been, we both have been doing this for a long time and people, mm-hmm. I don't want us to ever be accused. Well, that worked 20 years ago and that doesn't work today. Right. You're having an investor meeting today. Right. With somebody. And, uh, and hopefully that number will go even up higher of what you stated earlier. What, what are you doing in today's environment to, to raise capital? No different than what I've always done. Right. It's just different numbers and different deals. Yeah, like. exactly. And, and when someone comes out, like you say, we have, I have someone coming out here today and, uh, it's just a casual conversation. There is no presentation. I, I don't know what was what I'm going to say and what they're going to say back until mm-hmm. we're sitting down. Yeah. It's, it's just easy going. I don't want anyone to feel pressure. Mm-hmm. It's just, we're sharing information. We're sharing views. We're sharing, like, I'll find out what their investment timeline is. I'm trying to see if it's a fit. Yeah. Cause there's been the numerous times where I go one, maybe real estate isn't even a fit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I remember I had one guy that I found out about his business, his, his business, he's, he's getting a 40% ROI on his cash. And I said, could you use cash to grow it even more? He said, yeah. Then I go, I don't know if it makes sense to give me money because you're, you're, you're doing great like yeah. that. And you were in hundred percent control. Mm-hmm. If anything changes, call me. But until then, dude, do, do your own thing. Yeah. So again, Mike, today it'll just be a, just a relax yeah. and where it goes. It's not closing. It's not trying to see if the guy will give me money today. Maybe that happens. Maybe it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Cause yeah. I want to do the right thing for people. Yeah. You provide a value, provide a service and do what's right for what's best for them. And then we see where, where that ends. Now, I would imagine your, your deal, like the, the process of working with investors has not changed because a truism and things that work, things that don't work. Mm-hmm. And this works for you because it's a style that you have. I think it's a style anybody can have. Right. And quite frankly, that's one of the reasons why I really resonated when I heard Arlen first present. When I saw it, it's like, man, I can do that. And I think exactly. everybody had that moment of looking at and I go, you just... More than just how brilliant you are at the structuring and all this, I think you instill the confidence in people that it can be done. An entire generation of, of investors, and we're talking now 15 years ago, mm-hmm. and I hope to, we instill a new confidence in up-and-coming uh, investors 
But I imagine the deals are a little different than what you were doing. You know, before, way back when, yes. you're doing a townhouse and this, that, or other. Now you're doing some big developments. So, so what instead are you doing, obviously probably doing bigger deals. So what process the same with investors, but doing a different deal? Right. What are you, what are you typically looking at right now for deal West? What do you, what would you recommend putting, I came to you and I got a, a million bucks. What would you, what would, and let's say we align and we're ready to go. What kind of a, a deal are you looking to do? Would you could put that to work? Uh, you know, I, I've learned not to pigeonhole deals. So yeah, I'm open okay. to, I'm open to a lot of things. Like it's all real estate based. Like it mm-hmm. could be, you know, there's, a, I'm sure you're talking to a lot of senior investors too. That, yeah. I mean, there's opportunities in self-storage. There's opportunities in mobile home parks. There's more opportunities in multifamily. Yeah. There's, you know, in, in develop land development, it's, it, you, the trick is to find a deal that works. There's tons of deals out there, yeah. but they're not, they're not very strong deals. Right. The trick is to see, and then for me, it's like you're throwing this stuff in the hopper and see what pops out the bottom. Yeah. So, so open to a lot. Yeah. And so I imagine a lot of it would come down to the discussion is the person that you're working with. If, if they have based upon their, the amount of capital they have, based upon their horizon, based upon their risk profile, based upon whether they need cash or they're okay to wait. So you actually probably just put that into a blender and you say, oh, what pops out is this is, I think this is a really good opportunity. Right. What makes, some of it is what makes the most sense to them. And then yeah. the other thing is the trick is, you know, is finding the right opportunity that, that, that is a, that you see as a winning opportunity. Yeah. There's, there's a, for apartment buildings, I mean, there's, the guys that are skilled, you know, they might throw 50 in the hopper before they find three worth writing an offer on. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of, you know, if you're doing your job as your partner, you don't just, you know, there, there's three that are out there. Let's just buy one of those. Yeah. You can't do that, right? Yeah. So what you're talking about, what you're having today is I, I call it the term is essentially a discovery session. Correct. Right. And, and then from there, you're going to determine if you can help them. Right. And what is the best prescription right. you can offer of a course of action? Now, here's the thing I might say that I'm also a believer in that's a lot different than many is like, I see a lot of investors, again, they they do a few single family or they want to go straight to multifamily or something. You know, I'm a still big believer in single family for a number of reasons. One is this, and I've even talked to people like this, say you have a guy that wants to do some big deals. I said, I I also like the idea of doing a couple single families with them. Mm -hmm. The reason why I say that is because if you ever, if they're ever in a spot where they need access to cash, you know, technically you can turn over a single family sell or refinance, depending on the position you're in, in short order. Yeah. But if you're in a big commercial deal that, you know, you're going to probably six months to, if you were to liquidate. Right. Or, or, in a, and if you do do that, you could have six figure penalties. Right. So it's nice to have. Yeah. Uh, the different options for different people, right? Right. Right. And just, you know, based upon what they want. So, okay. So I'm going to do one real quick reset because this last section, I don't want the cameras to run out. Uh, I, and the last section, we're just going to, we're going to talk about um, what's next for you. Okay. And also we're going to leave everybody with a little bit of a, maybe a, uh, some marching orders and some inspiration to, to, if they're feeling a little bit stuck on what to do next. So right. it's going to do a real quick reset. We got one more segment back here with Mr. Arlen Dolan. Uh, welcome back, everyone. I was just teasing Arlen here. At, um, this is probably the first interview that we've got to a segment five. So uh, we could go on and on, but I know there, there's ear, eardrum fatigue too when somebody's watching or listening at the same time too. So I, 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 
I wanted to make sure that we're on point and we're relevant. And um, this next segment, I'm actually, I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, simple question to start with, and then maybe we'll, we'll take it from there is, well, what's next for you, Arlen? Like you, you've, you know, you've been there, you've done that. You've done an awful lot. You're, you're, you know, is it, is it 20 years? Is it 18 years? How long in this business? Ah, uh, yeah, it's gotta be like, it's over 20. Over 20, you've, you've bought, you've sold, you've developed, you, you know, you've had kids since then. You, yeah. Were you married when you started? No. No, you, you've been no married. Way. So there's been an, an unbelievable evolution. Yeah. What's the next evolution for you? What, what do you see as your future next? Uh, part of it is it's still building a bit of a more portfolio, but simplifying everything. Okay. Just, just trying to, yeah, I mean. The idea of money is to buy back time, really. Right. So it's finding ways to simplify it. And as I mentioned before, you know, down the line, I'll, it'll probably go inverse where uh, way back, I'm not young now, way back when I was young, I'll, I'll supply money to a young buck. You'll find the next Ireland Dolan. Right. And, 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 and help the money. Chase will be the next Ireland Dolan. Well, I'm actually hoping so. Yeah. You know, my, my kids, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think. And, but then I'd always be, I think you're the same way. I'd always be out there trying to help, help others yep. be successful. Cause you know, we both made tons of mistakes. Anybody who's done this has, it says they have it, they have. And if you can do something and anybody that gets this is going to make some, but if we can do some things, it feels good to, to, turn someone off of the past and, and save them from making yeah. some of the errors that we've made. It feels really good. And it, it does, but it was funny. I was having a the conversation with a good friend last night, but there's, there's, there comes a point and it's no different than parenting is like, you don't ever want to see your kids be in pain and flounder and suffer and stuff yeah. like that. But at the same time, where's the line where you uh, are doing a disservice from letting them Develop the skills to actually overcome. I know. Right? It, it's 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 I the hardest know. thing that, uh, it, and especially, and this doesn't sound. I'm. It's it's a little bit different for men and women, but it's just to me. It's it's my truth. Is a little bit harder for women sometimes because they're the care, the more of the nurturer. Yeah. And 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 the things like that. But and it's no different with investors. I I see that, and I see sometimes when people going down the wrong path, and I'm sitting there going, "That's their journey. That's wrong, right? I'm going to offer them my perspective." And they may listen or may not, uh, right. and that's up to them. And they may totally revolutionize and change things. You just never know. So, so I think we come from the same place about giving back. Yeah. And and in what way do you want to give back? Is there is there something that you have as a, as a cause or a mission or or a, a dusting off of a renovation secrets program that you put together or maybe Reba 2.0 or what's is there anything there that you want to give back? I've never really thought of it that way. I, yeah. I mean. Part of it for me is, is it's, it's like giving back time yeah. and, and I'm, I always find I'm best face to face with whether it's a person or a group mm -hmm. I, and that's, that's, that's what I like the most. Yeah. 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 And I, I know we've had, we had, we're doing some live events and you came back out again and you, you're just always there. And, and, and I think it's just a testament to your, your resiliency of things, but I, you're also so humble that, you know, um, I could be wrong or not, but I'm just saying, you know, you could sit in a room full of investors and you potentially could be one of the ones that has the most experience in that entire room. But you're there, you're taking the notes, you're in the room, you're, you're listening and you're intently taking notes, you're absorbing it all in. And I think that's one of the skill sets that's made you a very good investor. 
Well, you don't you don't pretend you know everything. Right? I don't. I, I I honestly I look at it like I I'd be lucky to know five or ten percent what there is to know. And you even know more than the person doing the presentation on stage. But but you don't ever come across that way, right? No, because I don't feel that way at all. And the reason why is, and I know that. Anytime I'm in place like that, so it could be someone that only has one year experience. If I sit with them long enough, mm -hmm. they always end up saying something or yeah. telling me something that I didn't know, or I went, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It always happens. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and um, one final question I'm going to end off here with, but before I do that, I want to offer um, some, some um, I want to offer just some gratitude. Uh, you have made, and I think I did this on the first video. So guys, make sure you always watch the first video to Arlen I talked about. But, uh, but you have made a really measurable impact on my life. And you've made a measurable impact on people's lives that you have even met. That cassette tape that we talk about. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's like we need to find a bootleg copy of it somewhere. So guys, if anyone has a digital copy of that cassette tape or something, we need... Oh you need my! To get access to that. I would be happy to laugh about it. <laughs> That's what I'd be doing. But but just the willingness that you always are to to help and to share, and you you're you're never shy of sharing your thoughts. No, ever. Um, and and some of them, you know, are the the real truth, and some of the truth that we don't want to hear. Yeah. And so I guess what I'm really trying to say is just thank you, thank you for just uh, caring. And you will always care for the people that will take the time to come and talk to you. Yeah. And you will always come from a place of really, it may be blunt, it may be to the point, it might be something I don't want to hear, but it always comes from a place of love. Right. And caring. And so I just wanted to just thank you. Well. Thank you for that. Thank my parents for bringing me up that way. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm trying not to get emotional. Yeah, me too. But, but how do you, how do you say thank you to somebody who has made a measurable impact and you have made a measurable impact and for you to take time out of your day and open up your, this beautiful Quonset. And I hope I can get a few shots. I'm going to think, I might have to take a few shots around of, of no. things for people. With hey, I love doing this. It gives me an excuse to be out here instead in the city. Well, maybe we'll have, maybe we'll have a big <laughs> poker tournament or something. Yeah, exactly. we'll, have, we'll have a whole bunch of people coming out here. Yeah. Um, but the final thing I want to end off with is, is um, what would you offer to somebody? And you could pick one of the three cameras, probably this one over here, this camera over here. And what would you offer to somebody um, as maybe a little bit of inspiration if they're feeling a little stuck or they just want to, you know, they're, they're maybe feeling a little fear. They just need to get over something. What kind of inspiration would you offer to somebody? Um, I guess what, like I had all that when I started. Because mm -hmm. again, I, I, didn't, I didn't even own my own home when I started. And I just had to, I just had to sit back and get myself, not talk myself into it, but get myself educated to really believe in real estate. Right. And once I was there, then I went, how can I, cause I'm again, I'm an ethical person. How can I talk to people and say, I'm the guy to put money with. And I, and I just went, I had to go, I need, I need to answer that question for myself. So I went back and I went, well, I, I got the work ethic. I got the, I got the drive. I got the tenacity and I have the, the character to do what's best for people. So I just had to talk, basically self-talk myself going, if I do something that doesn't work out perfect or right, I'll, whatever it takes, I'll make it right. I will just, whatever it takes, I'll make it right. Once I got that in my head, that it gave me some confidence to talk to people. And, uh, and then the other thing is too, when you talk to people, you don't need nothing fancy. You need to just be you, you know, you need to say, Maybe you've heard a line or two from me that you really liked. Maybe you've heard a line or two from Russell you really liked or some other people that Russell interviewed. If that doesn't 
roll off your tongue. Just say whatever comes from your heart. Yeah. Just say whatever works for you. It's not a sales pitch that works. It's just being you. So just be you. You'll be fine. Wow. Couldn't have said it better myself. So Arlen, thank you. You betcha. That was, that was brilliant. All right, guys. So stay tuned. There's more to come. These interviews, we're just getting rolling here and uh, making a commitment to bring out more Arlen Dolans, if, if that's even possible. Yeah. <laughs> you are a one of a kind. So, so guys, thank you for your attention and we'll talk very soon. Wow, I almost got emotional in that last couple seconds. I don't know why. Uh, oh, it's so Ireland. <laughs> I'm honest from the heart of you have yeah. changed our lives. You've changed a lot of people's lives who you don't even know. And thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. So I got yeah. almost in tears. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you think? Wasn't that incredible? I don't know about you, but I sure hope you had the pen and paper out and just taking tons of notes. Arlen is just, just the way he just answers things. It's just you know, no BS. And it's just to the point. It's just blunt and it's true and it's honest, which is very, very refreshing. No, no colorful, you know, fancy words and stuff like that. It's just blunt and to the point. That is what I love about that. So I sure hope you enjoy this uh, interview. And I don't think we put Arlen's contact information in there. And you know what? That's by design because he enjoys his quiet time. He enjoys uh, some of his private life and he enjoys having, uh, you know, time with the family. You know, just look at that man cave that I hope he had a chance to look at. That is the place where he likes to go and hang out and quad and snowmobile and all those wonderful things. So if you are watching this, uh, please drop some comments below. Remember, one of the things you were to do was we were going to have the name the Buffalo contest. So make sure you pop in what you think the Buffalo should be named. We should have it named something, right? So I thoroughly hope you enjoyed this interview. Can't wait for the next one to come up. Russell Westcott. Talk to you very soon. Bye for now. So what did you think about the, the four episodes I chose to you know, dip into the uh, tickle trunk of the archives to bring some inspiring message, messages for you during this Christmas and New Year's time? Now, this will make no sense to you if you're listening to it in the middle of July, but these were launched uh, the, the week just prior to Christmas and the week between Christmas and New Year's on the 2023 season. And the four episodes that were um, being replayed here were unedited other than being remastered, resounded. Um, and I think they turned out fantastic. So gang, before I do sign off, <clears throat> there is a lot of um, crazy things that are happening in the marketplace around this time. Truly, the only way you can fail in this game of real estate, personal development, entrepreneurship, the, really the only way you can fail is if you quit. And we have a lot more information and a lot more inspiring episodes coming out into the new year. I have my famous, you know, maybe famous to me, maybe not famous for every one of you, but I do each year, I do a recap of the previous year. And I entitle, I call it the good, the bad, and the ugly, where I take a look at the past 12 months, what has happened, what's been good, what's been bad, and what's been the downright ugly that's coming out. I have some amazing, inspiring um, stories to share with you, some amazing, inspiring guests, some high-profile um, authors and influencers and experts in the space. And at the same time, there's some incredible opportunities that are out there right now. You know, you might not be feeling it in your marketplace, 
but every marketplace is a little bit different. There are some markets that are going into their real estate winter, and there are some markets that are just full on into a just starting of a real estate spring in its cycle, and it is they're ramping up. So all that being said, two things I want to just share with you here at the end is I wanted to just say, keep going. You've got this. You are stronger than you believe. And then the last one I want to share with you is I wanted to just thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for just being a wonderful guest in the house of this podcast. I have said this many times. I don't take it lightly that you spend all this time and energy to listen to this podcast. And I don't want to disappoint you. I want to deliver something of high quality, high value. And that's why we brought out these four episodes for you to enjoy. All right, guys. Hope you had yourself a wonderful Christmas, wonderful New Year. I don't know about you, but if we're listening to this in 2024, let's kick some butt. All right, gang. And remember, in every interaction you have with another person, always leave them feeling inspired, encouraged, and come from a place of love. Bye for now, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Russell Westcott Podcast. Before you run off, could you do us one final favor? Wherever you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe so you can receive the latest episode to keep you feeling inspired and encouraged for the entire week. Visit www.russellwestcott.com for more information, support resources, and upcoming speaking engagements near you. Bye for now. Bye for now.